The Fake Show Podcast is brought to you by the law firm of Hutchison & Stefan, the Craft House Brewery, now with two locations, the Tone Factory Recording Studio, Moonshot.com T-Shirt Designs, Mr. Antenna, now your host, Jim Tofty. Actress Cassandra Peterson, otherwise known as Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, has had an unbelievably colorful life even way before she took on the persona of the TV horror host. She had relationships with Jimi Hendrix, Tom Jones, Nicolas Cage, and became friends with Elvis Presley, Sammy Davis Jr., Phil Hartman, and Paul Rubens, to name a few, and was the youngest showgirl in Las Vegas. And she talks about all of that in her new book, Yours Cruelly, Elvira, Memoirs of the Mistress of the Dark. I've got Cassandra Peterson on the line right now from Los Angeles. Hi, Jim. Cassandra, welcome back to Las Vegas. How are you today? Wow, I'm I'm uh, fine. Good to be in Vegas again. Yes. Uh, stomping ground. Yes, I know, and, and congratulations on the book. I'm so excited to uh, read all the craziness. Yeah, there is a lot of craziness. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Tell people my life was crazy, uh, so crazy before El- Elvira that when I became Elvira, my life w- became normal. <laughs> right, I know. I think people kind of find that hard to believe. But earlier yeah. in, you, in your life, when you were, uh, I think, a teenager, you were pretty much a self-professed rock and roll groupie and ended up in the hotel rooms of some pretty famous dudes, right? I did. Uh, I, I I have to say though, I was at that time I was the virgin groupie. I think I was the only groupie that might have been a virgin. I don't know, but but yeah. I did end up in the hotel room of oh everybody you could name: Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. Um, oh God, Jimi Hendrix, uh, the Young Rascals, Three Dog Night. Oh my God, the list goes on. I don't even mention them all in the book, but... Cassandra, I think you mentioned in the book that it was Jimi Hendrix who was the one who got away. Yeah, oh my God, I love Jimi Hendrix so much, I still do. I play Hendrix on, on uh, you know, when I'm writing, when I'm doing anything, I love him so much. But yeah, he was, um, I had a brief encounter with him that could have been a lot longer, except <laughs> that he uh, had to go perform at the Denver Pop Festival. And then uh, we had planned to meet up afterwards, but that that was not to work out. I might not uh, tell you the whole ending to that story so people can read it and find out what happens. Yeah, and I mean, eventually you would become, you were, you were a dancer and you became, I believe, the youngest showgirl ever in Las Vegas at the age of, what was it, 17? Yeah, I, I was there when I was 17 at working at the Dunes Hotel, which is now sadly gone. Right. Um, but it was, it was, uh, I, at the time, I think I was the youngest showgirl ever. Um, thanks to meeting Elvis Presley, who gave me some advice. And that advice was to get the hell out of Vegas because I was too young to be there by myself. Um, I would now be the oldest showgirl in Las Vegas. Uh, <laughs> I know Elvis had a huge impact on you because he did give you that advice, and it almost gave you license to do other things. But while you were here, was it while you were here that you met Tom Jones and had a, re- a short relationship oh, with him? Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Very short. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I met a lot of people in Vegas while I was there. It was like um, uh, Tom Jones, who I did sleep with. Okay, there you go. I met a lot of other celebrities who I did not. Like, uh, oh, my gosh, Paul Anka, Andy Williams. Sammy Davis Jr., Frank Sinatra, um, 
Yeah, it was just the uh, Ingel, Engelbert Humperdinck, remember him? Sure. Just a lot of people there. Um, I was good friends with Siegfried and Roy, very good friends with them. Um, and all the people from the old, old days in Vegas, which I really miss. It's it's uh, so different now when I go there. It's like a completely different town than you know what it used to be. Well, certainly Siegfried and Roy didn't hit on you, did they? Uh, Siegfried did. I know people find that hard to believe, but on my 18th birthday, he locked me in a room with him and jumped on me and uh, <laughs> said, let me be your first. How do you like that? Okay, now, that's the magic there, right? Yeah, that is, <laughs> that is magic. And did you complete that task? I did not. I did not. I saved myself for Tom Jones. Uh, Uh, (laughs) I like that. Uh, Cassandra, you would eventually, and I don't know how this happened, but you moved on to be part of the Groundlings with a pretty great uh, cast at that point, Phil Hartman and Paul Rubens, right? Yeah, and I mean, so many more great people, like, well, John Levitz and Julia Sweeney were just coming in. Lorraine Newman was just leaving for Saturday Night Live, but but yeah, Phil Phil Hartman and, and Paul Rubens had such a huge impact on, on what I did and what I became because I just wanted to be like them. They were the funniest damn people that ever lived and being in a group yeah. with them was it, I was kind of like their puppy dog following them around but um, we were great friends all of Phil's life and I still uh, talk to Paul Rubens practically every day. We are really close. That is so great. I, I saw his uh, live stage act early on, and it's pretty incredible to think of how ahead of his time that he was. And I think you appeared as the biker chick in Pee-wee's Big Adventure, if I'm not mistaken. I I was. And people don't realize that. It's so funny. Um, yeah, but I played a biker chick. I got to, like, you know, beat Pee-wee up, which is an awesome thing. Yeah. <laughs> <doing. laughs> um, and yeah, so many people don't realize that's me, but it was a nice little cameo part, and I love that movie. One of my all-time favorites, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. How did the Elvira idea come to you? I mean, what, what happened there? It was like something like 40 years ago now. 40 years this month, yeah. Um, I was a struggling actress in Hollywood, and I was running around trying to, you know, get jobs, acting. Heard about this local TV station that was looking for a horror host, which I didn't even know what that was, but I loved horror, so I thought, okay, sounds good to me, and uh, went in on the audition with uh, several other women, and I think because of my Groundlings experience, I got the I got the part, because I think I was the only one playing it funny. The others were playing it more like, you know, come in, darling, drink a glass of blood, that kind of thing, Right. and I, I kind of went uh, in a comedic direction with it. And I got the part, and once I did, they said, you have to come up with a look. And my best friend at the time, a guy named Robert Redding, was an artist, and he drew a bunch of sketches, and um, we ended up uh, with, the, with the iconic kind of outfit that you see today. Uh, it was a little different back then, but pretty much it stayed, stayed about the same. Yeah, it's a great outfit, obviously, and I, th- I think that your show was the first to go national, the horror show that you hosted? Yeah, it was the first time any horror host, you know, I mean, I think every local market has their little horror host, you know, every yeah. uh, big city has a horror host, but this was the first time that a horror host had actually been broadcast across the whole United States, so um, <clears throat> yeah, I have the dubious 
distinction of uh, being that person. (laughs) It's no secret that you took your private life public not too long ago, and you came out uh, and finally talked talked about (laughs) your partner. It was a little surprising to me because you had relationships with a lot of guys, but you have been very happy these past, what, couple decades now? Um, yeah, as a, if you've read the book, you'll know I had relations uh, with a lot, <laughs> with a lot of guys. But I, um, you know, I still consider myself straight. Which is, I, I don't know what to tell you, but I think there's straight and there's gay, and then there's a thousand shades of gray in between there. And I was and am, I consider myself completely straight, but I fell in love with a woman. Um, so what can you say? I don't know. She's very androgynous and. Um, we were really good friends for six years, and then it became more than a friendship, you know? So uh, there you are. Good. I don't know what happened. Good, <laughs> you for, tell me. good for you. Good for you, and good for for you to talk about it. And I know that you have talked about the future of Elvira. Eventually, I'm assuming you'll step away from it, but is there a film or a Broadway production in the future? Yeah, I, I'm already working on a documentary um, based on the book of a documentary of my life and uh, I have a couple other projects I'd really really love to do which one one is a biopic of my life with you know another actress playing me like say oh you know Dolly Parton or somebody (laughs) and uh, then also I've always dreamed about doing a Broadway play of Mistress of the Dark my movie from 1988 um, because I think it would be such a fun musical somewhere between Hairspray and the Rocky Horror Picture Show. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I have all these projects that I, I plan on con- you know, continuing to work on. That's great. Cassandra uh, Peterson's yeah. Yours Cruelly Elvira. It's now at Amazon.com, BardsandNoble.com, and everywhere you buy your books. Always great touching base with you. Good luck with the book and everything that's coming up for you. Well, you too. You don't have a book out, but uh, thank you. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Thanks, Jim, and have a happy Halloween. Thanks, Cassandra. Bye-bye. Bye. She is truly the queen of Halloween with more than three decades, including an IMAX movie, music CDs, books, and more than a thousand licensed products. She's done okay for herself. That finishes off this Halloween edition of the Fake Show Podcast. Thanks for listening. I'm Jim Tofty. I'll see you next time. Listen to The Fake Show anywhere on SoundCloud, Stitcher, iTunes, and thefakeshow.com.